0: Welcome to the Recharge Your Life podcast with me, Dr. Carrie Ulrich, and Kelly Gunther. We are thrilled to talk to people who have made a decision that recharged their lives. Often they pushed themselves out of their comfort zones and took risks. We want to know about that decision point, why did they make that decision, and most importantly, how can we learn from them? Kelly and I are passionate HR professionals, and together we co-founded our HR consulting firm, Abraci Group. We have talked to amazing people throughout our careers and listened to them as they made decisions that changed their lives and knew that these inspirational stories would help others. And why did we call it Recharge? It's based on a book I co-authored called The Way of the HR Warrior, and in it, we have a leadership model, CHARGE, which stands for courage, humility, accuracy, resiliency, goal-oriented, and exemplary. We know that people used one or more of these qualities to help them make their decisions, and we want to learn from them. Now, sit back, listen, and be inspired by these stories, and then do something
1: to recharge your life. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. It's Kelly. We're so excited to have Ellen Ezrock as our special guest. Alan is the founder of next Gen Nexus, a local and global community for family business and family office NextGens that supports their interest in social impact, family dynamics, philanthropy, pop culture, family legacy, food and real estate at both local and global levels. Alan started working for Big Men's Shop, his family business, when he was just five years old. His first job was guarding the front door during holiday shopping season. Alan went through the age-old debate of going into the family business. He joined a buyer's training program at Macy's to prepare to to run the family business, but instead, he moved to Los Angeles to pursue his dream of being a television comedy writer. Alan left the entertainment business and became an executive recruiter, working across industries which included digital media, technology, healthcare, as well as nonprofits. Alan was also the founder of Jitterfingers, a safe social networking solution for tween girls and their BFFs with online clubs in over 200 cities in the U.S. and 12 countries. Alan is a member of the Writers Guild of America and a graduate of Indiana University. Alan, thank you so much for being on our podcast. We always look forward to starting our conversations by asking what show, podcast, book, or blog do you go to when you want to push yourself and expand your thinking?
2: Um, thank you, Kelly. And it is great to be part of this podcast. And when I'm trying to expand my thinking, um, I go to TikTok. Uh, I think TikTok is extraordinary because when I was growing up, basically there were three television channels, ABC, CBS and NBC. Those channels also helped kind of drive how people communicated. You know, water cooler talks, stuff like that. As media fragmented, the relationship between community, content, and commerce changed. TikTok really represents the latest incarnation of this um, platform where there's true interaction. It's actually pretty interesting. I got introduced to TikTok when my cousin... Ryan, our youth pastor, Ryan, as he is known, came over for dinner a few months before COVID. And he was said he was starting this new thing called TikTok. And in a month, he had 440,000 followers. So we had dinner, I think we had hamburgers. Um, after dinner, we then checked again, and he was up to 400,000 46,000 in an hour and a half. So to me, TikTok really represents the next wave of communication and to look at it and to see how people communicate with each other, how they're expanding the platform. uh, I think it's just terrific.
0: Welcome, Alan. Thank you so much for joining. As I was listening to your bio, I thought, what hasn't Alan done and because <clears throat> you've done so much and I really appreciate how TikTok is where you go to push your thinking. It is the, you're the first person to say that. So breaking ground, Alan, usually people say some kind of blog or, or a podcast. So appreciate the story about youth pastor, Ryan. What's he up to now? Not only do we know he eats hamburgers, but what's his following now? Cause it's his like. following,
2: yeah. it's about just under 4 million. Oh my he, is, he is a TikTok influencer. It's pretty amazing um, because he'll walk down the street and people will stop him and wow. say, you're Youth Pastor Ryan. So it's, it's an extraordinary phenomenon. Um, and it is not shocking that not too many people who are 65 years old use TikTok as their <laughs> reference point for learning.
0: I all right, Alan. Since you brought it up, what what is it about you? Because you just said you're 65, and that's typically not the TikTok age range. And quite often, as we get older, we're like, we're not going to get involved with these newfangled things. So, what is it about you, Alan, that you're like, I gotta, I gotta crush this TikTok, and I gotta, I gotta be involved in it, and I have to to um, interact with it. What is it about, Alan? As I think it
2: goes back to Alan S. Rock says um, <laughs> it really goes back down to I had a career as a television comedy writer. Um, and, you know, after I broke into the industry and didn't go into the family business, I realized I hated it. And so that was really a bummer. Mm-hmm. But what I found fascinating was the fragmentation of media the whole notion of community, how people are going kind to of communicate, how they're going to do commerce. It just was an amazing eye-opening thing for me because it it brought together kind of that creative route, but in a whole different environment. And it's just stuck with me over the years. Um, I mean, Jitterfingers was a tween girl safe social networking site. Yeah. And the world had said, "Hey, this guy figured out safe social networking for tween girls. You know at the same time, it's a good thing people didn't like look at my computer because <laughs> I had every tween girl <laughs> website listed, <laughs> and I would have if I'd gotten arrested and thrown in jail so um it would, so have,
0: been, t- it would have been a very different podcast, Alan.
2: Yes,
0: in jail. In, jail. In, jail. in jail, with Alan S. Rock,
2: <laughs> live from San Quentin, Alan S. Rock. So it's just—I I find it fascinating—and it's community and society and it's building. You know, it's just building together. And TikTok is truly the latest incarnation of it.
0: What are the videos that you watch? What are the things that are recommended to you? Kind of what's on your what's on your list?
2: I watch a lot of youth pastor Ryan videos. Okay. <laughs> because... Shout out
0: to Ryan. We'll yeah, have to we'll have to put his link in our show notes since we've talked so much about him.
2: Yeah. Um, I just kind of go through things the other day. I was looking at like, you know, some who was some person who was doing financial advice. And so that was kind of interesting. Um, <laughs> you know, they used to call them cat videos, and let's face it the entire internet was basically founded on cat videos and porn. So you probably don't look for porn on TikTok. That's probably not a good thing. Um, but it's both entertainment and, um, and I just kind of scroll through it to see how they communicate, um, the methods, the, uh, the inflections, um, because, um, it's, it, it's almost the, the medium itself that I find mm. so interesting. Mm.
0: Well, Alan, um, a couple things before we get to the big question. One, not only were you the first one to talk about TikTok, but porn as well. So thank you, Alan. So we have TikTok and porn um, that have come up that we have never talked about before. So thank you, Alan. And you're welcome. You're, you're inspiring me to, I have been slow on the TikTok train and listening to you, Alan, and your joy with it. Like maybe I just have to start with you with Pastor Ryan and give it a shot and see, see what we can do.
2: He's very good. He used to be, I mean, he's like, he's like 24 years old and he was a character at Disneyland. So there are lots of fun stories of being Prince Charming and Spider-Man and he just does a great job.
0: Nice, nice. Well, thank you. Thank you for that inspiration, Alan. Uh, Kelly and I like to say that we learned so much in this podcast and and just pushing us to even do some some TikTok. So I'm sure Kelly's like, Uh oh, we have to do a TikTok video now. But we can do it with Alan, Kelly. Talk about yes. porn. That should get the numbers up right away. Exactly. There you go. We could at least talk about it with a cat. That sounds horrible.
1: It's gone very dark
0: now. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: kelly (laughs) no can't wait i mean listen that should include our our include our list of download you know our download should increase number of followers should increase so whatever it takes right thank you Um, Kelly. look at kelly's
0: like all right porn cats picture whatever we're doing tiktok we're on it soon thank you kelly um alan so we could talk about this for the rest of the podcast but the big question is, what is the decision you made in your life that changed the trajectory of it? And what are some of those charge qualities you use to help you make that decision?
2: Um, well, I referenced it. I grew up in a family business, um, and I would have been the person to have run the family business. Um, we were business partners um, uh, my father and my uncle were brother-in-laws, um, and I would have gone into the family business with my cousin. I was very successful. Um, and, um, you know, I, I graduated college and went into buyer's training and I thought, you know, this is just not what I need to be doing. This is not what's going to give me fulfillment. So I said bye bye to Macy's department store and drove out to California and became a um, one of those legions of wannabe entertainment people. Um, and I had all the cruddy jobs that you had, um, but you know, I got to a point where you know I I, I accomplished my goal and my dream, um, which made me very happy. The fact that I hated it did not make me very happy. So I think courage is the, is the, uh, quality. Cause it, you know, it took courage. It's like, you know, you, you pick up, you leave. It wasn't like there was a world waiting for Alan S Rock to get to Los Angeles. Um, you just kind of land and just start moving forward. And, um, so yeah, I'm mean, in retrospect, you know, you could either go C for courage or right? I added another one to those, which is S for stupid yeah. because <laughs> who in the right mind <laughs> to stick up across the country, have a bunch of cruddy jobs and then ultimately achieve your goal and then hate it. Um, so uh, it's, it's me and Superman with the big S's there.
0: <laughs> we have talked a lot with other people, Alan. That that courage can also mean slightly crazy, um, is slightly um, almost naive to the oh god, what's going to happen after this? So there is an element of almost this insanity, stupidity, naivete, whatever it is, when you make these leaps in terms of courage. They are very they're much uh, two what is it two sides of the same coin? What Alan? Let's go back. So you really broke out of a mold that was developed for you. So a lot of people have this, whether it's the family business or they need to be a lawyer or they need to be a doctor or whatever they need to be, their family has told them. So you go to college at Indiana University and you think you're going to go into the family business. So when does this kind of aha moment happen for you, Alan? And when that happens, tell us about when you told the family that you weren't going to be in the family business?
2: Um, that's a great question. And it is a great notion of the moment. Because mm. in every person who's in a family business, mind you, every person who grew up in a family business, whether you go into it or, you're, or you don't, you have what we call the moment where you make that decision. Now, for some people, that moment can be when they're four years old and they, you know, and they hate the family business. For other people, they can be 50 years old. And Mm. once again, so so this moment is something that, that is so unique to family businesses. And, I mean, I can tell you specifically where I was standing. I was in Atlanta. I ran the children's department at Macy's, and I also ran the doll department at Macy's. And we were um, doing some inventory of Madame Alexander dolls. Yes, I do (laughs) know what Madame Alexander dolls are. And it's like, I I can't do this. I can't. Nothing against the dolls, but I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to go back to St. Louis. I'm not going to not follow my dream because then it's always sitting there going me would have should have could have. So I let my girlfriend know who I worked with and her response was great. You know, what are we leaving? Um, And I told my parents, it was like, this is what I'm doing. Um, And um, there was very little pushback because there, you know, this is a decision that was made. So just kind of went ahead and did it. And, um, and here we are many years later.
0: So Alan, when you did you have, when you were younger, did you think that you were all in the family business? And then the moment happened, and you said, I don't want to be a part of it? Or did you always have kind of, in the back of your mind, I like writing, and I like comedy, and I have a different path?
2: Yeah, I think it's two things. I think it's, part of that is yes a you know for a while i like comedy you know so i thought about that but i think there's also kind of a for me at least there was a bigger picture which is i could have written my life if i had stayed in st louis it just was very clear where i would have lived what country club we would have belonged to. I probably would have won the, you know, annual doubles, tennis doubles tournament at the country club. Um, And it was a life that I could, I could just see. And I knew that it just was not going to be inspirational to me. So part of the decision I'm sure in my little brain was that um, it's both part about the family business and the notion of what it would have been to have stayed in St. Louis Mm. and lived a life. That's path. I could already, you know, see, you know, the next 30 years of my life.
0: Mm. Alan, you mentioned um, the inspiration part because for some, some people, Alan might say, well, that's great. I know exactly what I'm going to have. There's stability. I would like to be the doubles champion. I want to know what country club I'm going to be a part of. So where, and you said, but it's not where you find your inspiration. What, where do you find your inspiration? What is your inspiration? How do you get so in touch with that, Alan, that you knew to listen to it versus sometimes people have a hard time listening to that intuition and that inspiration. So how is it so clear for you that you're like, no, I don't want this life?
2: I have no idea, uh, quite honestly. Um, I just knew it was there. Um, and I was fortunately enough in touch with my feelings Mm -hmm. to know that I had to, I had to try it. I'd actually, a few years earlier, I dropped out of college after my freshman year of college and I moved to Los Angeles, um, because it's like, hey, I want to try this and why not drop out of college and do that? So it certainly was always like in the back of my mind. Um, but people have goals, people have aspirations, you know, whatever they are. And um, it could have been I was just uninformed of what the path, life path would have been. Right. But I just knew it was, you know, okay. it just was part of my soul. And ultimately, um, you know, life is about peeling back the layers of the onion so you can get there. So, you know, ultimately you don't have these questions in your mind. I could have done this. I should have done that. Um, cause that's kind of the one thing that I couldn't, you know, live with. I mean, you know, whatever life is, it brings you, it gives you what it gives you, brings what it brings. But the idea of not looking at something in the face and go, this is important to me, I need to do it. Um, that that was the line of demarcation for me. I knew I would never be satisfied um, if I didn't try it. I could have gone back and run the family business. At least I would have said I tried this. But um, that's what it was.
0: Hmm. I think talk about that that courageous because b- making sure that you don't live the life of regrets and going, well, I never did it because of this, or I never did it um, because of that. And so you that's such a compelling force for you. That's like you said, is kind of part of your soul that that's just not going to happen to you. So you're like, of course, I'm going to go try it because I don't want to look back on my life and realize that I regretted things. And I think that's why you have such a varied bio and background, Alan, because you did go out and you tried it and then you listen to yourself. So here's Alan. I'm I, I'm listening to some kind of road, road song, right? Car driving song um, that you're driving across the country and uh, you're going to LA and you're like, this is it. I, and you have a goal because you're pretty goal oriented. You get to LA, you're in the writer's room. And then when do you have that moment, Alan, of... Well, this isn't what I thought.
2: The first time I got in a writer's room.
0: Oh, really? Wow. (laughs) So (laughs) it did take long. It did take long, Alan.
2: It did not take long. (laughs) It was, um, I mean, because I can go into depth as to some of the things that I didn't like about, you know, my childhood growing up, how people valued things, et cetera. And I thought the cool thing about the entertainment industry is, oh, you have a bunch of people who, you know. Who, who aspire to a different set of values? Mm-hmm. But it's just the opposite. You have more insecure people. You have more people that want this and want that and want attention to themselves. And it's all about themselves. Mm-hmm. And truly, a comedy writer's room, that's what it is. And it's like, I just, I just didn't like it. I don't like being the loudest person in the room. Yeah. And that's. You know, as as I like to say, I guess they're called Myers Briggs tests. You yes. know, if I had taken one like in nineteen eighty something. Um, It would have said, boy, Alan, you could have done all these different things. You'd be good at this. You'd be great at this. The one thing that you should not be doing is being a comedy writer. (laughs) Whatever else is on the map, do not do this. Do not collect $200. (laughs)
1: And
2: so I didn't do it. So I, you know, so that's how it all happened. The worst decision in the world.
0: Well, I'm pretty sure, though, the Myers-Briggs will not tell you not to be a comedy writer. I'm pretty sure they don't get that granular. So they couldn't... wouldn't have stopped you, but I think Thank you know. God it's, for that. <laughs> it's interesting because you said it's the worst decision, but at the same time, look at how amazing your life is. You stayed out here. You are still in Southern California. Um, it probably opened doors or, or made you kind of think about the next stage in your life and what you want and need. And you don't have regrets on it. You're not sixty five all curmudgeony and grumpy saying i could have been a writer no you know like ugh, i don't want to be a writer i knew it as soon as i walked in i'm I'm done and so how much freer and uh lighter your life is because you don't have that weighing down on you that that thought of i could have been someone i could have been a contender alan wait i and- could have been You could have been a contender. I could Um, have been. You you could have been, Alan. And I just, I I don't know. I've heard about comedians. They're the saddest clowns, Alan. They're the most insecure. So yeah, you went into the lion's den for that one.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's it's not a, you know, I mean, I was married. We had young kids and it's like, and I enjoy having an evening cocktail. I confess. (laughs) Uh, And it's a martini and uh and it would have been, you know, that martini would not have been taking place at six o'clock. It would have been taking place at one o'clock, and it right. would not have been a martini. And I just, I just knew it. And it's like this is just not what I wanted.
0: Yeah, I, I really appreciate your courageousness. And once you know, Alan, you don't delay on it. I mean, maybe it took you a while to leave or something like that, but you know, when you listen to it and you're like, I'm going to do it and I'm not going to, um, wring my hands over it and we're going to make that decision and move on. And I think that is, that's inspirational for others to hear that they can make that leap and that jump, Alan, and it still works out. Even when you look back and go, I was horrible. I I wish I didn't do that, but you learn from it. So I think Alan, what are, what's some of the advice that you would have for people on when they're at this kind of inflection point, this decision point.
2: Um, you, once again, it's, it's peeling back the layers of the onion. How do you try to get to that point where you can make an informed decision about your life? Mm -hmm. Um, you know when i was thinking about family business it's like i really didn't have anyone to talk to about it mm-hmm. because everyone had a stake in the game whether it was my parents or my cousin or whatever um, so you know today there are resources and family business groups and that's what next gen nexus is about to to bring that community together so it's about trying to get in touch with your feelings, mm-hmm. um, trying to research and get real information about it, um, and then really kind of imagining what you might be thinking about those decisions five, 10, 15 years later. So it's about you know trying to learn about yourself, getting outside advice, and then reflection.
1: Mm.
0: Alan, that is so, I, it's so beautiful. It's such a powerful kind of three steps or four steps. I didn't count the steps the right way, but that what you will think about five to 10 years later is such a great question. So I got in touch with my feelings. I, I may, I did my research. I I think I have this decision. And before I make it say, Hmm, will I be happy with this decision in five years, in 10 years? Um, and maybe i will because even if it's wrong i'll at least say that i did it or this is one of the reasons i don't get a tattoo because i think in 10 years i'm not going to like it <laughs> and that's what always stops me from the tattoo cuz i'm like mm, i don't think i don't think in 10 years i'm going to be different and I, i'm not going to appreciate that so i think that's such wonderful advice is just taking that beat that breath that pause will this work for me in five to 10 years? Will I look back and what will I say? And I know Kelly, you for sure were happy when Alan said research. That's for sure. Get in touch with feelings, make your informed decisions, do your research, be thorough, talk to your community. But I know Kelly, you often think too about, well, what does what this decision look like in five or 10 years? Mm-hmm. What's the long-term effects of this? So what are your thoughts on, on um, Alan's beautiful story? and. Kelly playing tennis with Alan, right? Yeah. I yeah. know going to you the just, French open with Alan or Indian Wells out here in Coachella Valley. So mm-hmm. you got to bond
1: with Alan on the tennis. I mean, listen, I've got it on my bucket list to go to each of the four tennis majors. So if there's a companion that wants to come with me, named need to analyze, I'm all for it because I think we'd have a good time. I also love the reflection aspect of what you shared too. And you, the unique quality you bring to This particular conversation is that you weren't necessarily, or maybe you were, but at least we didn't hear it, mired by feeling a sense of shame for not wanting to go into the family business or, you know, realizing that the first day in the comedy room wasn't comedy writer's room, wasn't what you thought it would be. And it changed you to the point where you said, I can't do this anymore. It's not what I want. So you didn't allow yourself to feel badly about it, at least for too long, that you, because sometimes people can't really get past that. They, um, hold on to it or feel like they have something to prove. And you were able to make that connection rather quickly. Um, but then you also determined, look, I can still, still live in Southern California and, and find something that does appeal to me. So what, what allowed you to make that to, to, um, not internalize it too much to the point where it might paralyze you,
2: um well let's let's not go overboard. It did paralyze me. Okay. There
0: okay are very okay, difficult
2: decisions and that type <laughs> of stuff. Um but but ultimately, as I said, it just came to the point that this is, you know, this is just not this is just not what I'm going, you know, the 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 cost benefits of doing this is not going to is mm-hmm. not going to uh weigh out at the end. Right. Um, and you know, I mean, look, it's, I, we live in LA, uh, my wife's in the entertainment business, you know, friends are in it. So, um, it's not, <laughs> excuse me, <coughs> I made a clean break, but, um, I mean, you just have to go forward
1: right. and,
2: uh, and, and do the things that matter to you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I love so much is the the intentionality behind the decisions that you make, that you feel confident, even when you may not have all the answers to the questions, you still go ahead and do it because it would take a lot, I would think, to tell parents with whom they feel like, you know, okay, son, you're going to take our family business and you're going to, you know, manage it and lead it and run it and we'll be very happy that you do. I can imagine, although they seem to be very open to the idea of you saying, you know what, this is not what I want because you were so certain in your decision. Um I you I would what had did the did the relationship with your parents change once you left and decided to move to southern california was the relationship um what you wanted it to be after the decision was made because sometimes there's the feeling of okay alan go ahead and and do your thing and um you know we wish you all the best and then there could be i don't know resentment or things feelings that happen appear after the fact um how would you say that kind of relationship looked after after some time
2: so we're gonna like do a mini series on this because that is not going to be uh <laughs> that is a very long question with a Got very it. long answer um it, it happens that my father passed away last week he is 102 years old oh. um so um so we're dealing with a lot of those issues sure. but the one issue that we're not dealing with is my relationship with my father, um, my relationship with what we did. I mean, as you can imagine, mm-hmm. um, no one's, you know, when you grow up in an affluent neighborhood and you go, hi, I'm chucking everything. I'm going to co- go to California. My father was a first-generation American. So there's lots of tension, lots sure. and lots and lots of tension. Um so at the end of the day all those all those issues got resolved between mm-hmm. us. So um So they did get resolved and I worked on it and he worked on it and um it really turned out to be we had a wonderful relationship and a wonderful life together. Mm-hmm. So um I don't know if that would have stayed that way if i had been in St. Louis quite honestly.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm so sorry to hear about the passing of your father. Um, Thank you. Ellen. uh, So, so very sad to hear that. Uh, But I love that you have self-awareness and you really worked hard to, to build the relationship to the point where you were happy with it. And that's, I think all you can ever really ask for from yourself is you have, you, you know, um, give yourself grace and and be kind to yourself and know that, listen, that, you know, conversations are two way streets. Right. And so um, I just love the positivity that you bring to the conversations that I know that Carrie, I and you have had. You always have a a, a a a stint of humor to it, which we always appreciate because you know we can I can often take myself too seriously at times. Um, I know that's shocking for for Carrie to believe, but it is true. Um, so I appreciate that you don't take yourself too seriously and you're all about the journey and realizing that it's a marathon, not a sprint and every decision you make can impact. You know, good, bad, or otherwise, the the trajectory of your life going forward, but that you were so intentional to know what do you want to do? How do you want to do it? And if it doesn't work, that's okay. I can find something else. I can be just as happy in another profession. I can do more research. I can reflect. Um, And so we thank you so much for you being open and sharing your story and, of course, sharing your humor with us. That's one of our favorite qualities about you, Alan.
2: Well, I love. Talking to you all, uh, it's a it's a highlight of the day. Whenever you know I see there's a calendar, we're going to be having a conversation. I always uh, have a little smile on my face.
1: Yay! So, so do we. And so, if you would like to, and I hope any of you do, reach out to Alan Esrock. Feel free to do so on LinkedIn at Ellen Azrak. I will also include all of the great social media links that we've mentioned regarding Next Gen Nexus. Um, Pastor Ryan, all of those um, good uh, nuggets of information will be included in the show notes. So please make sure that you explore and and find those there. Um, Again, Alan, we thank you so much for joining your podcast. Again, um, deepest condolences to you and the loss of your father. Um, And we look forward to another conversation with you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Recharge Your Life podcast. Please sign up for our newsletter at abracigroup.com and follow us on social media. You can find us on LinkedIn at Abraci Group, Instagram at warriors of HR, and Twitter at warriors underscore HR. Remember to subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and please tell a friend. And be sure to drop us a note on how you are recharging your life. We can't wait to hear from you.